Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. I would be nothing. I can do nothing. I can say nothing. I can't even give their witness to, but because I serve a living God, I, because I know a living God, I can stand in this pulpit and say, what thus saith the Lord? It's not based on how many thank yous you get, because sometimes people don't say thank you anymore. It's not based on who shows up in the sanctuary. It's based on the promises of God. It's not based on who you're related to or who your friends are, but it's everything is based on relationship with Jesus Christ. And of all the assignments I could have, I thank God for one that keeps me on my knees. I thank God for an assignment that wakes me up in the middle of the night to pray for those who don't take time to pray for themselves. I thank God for a life that has allowed me to see many dangerous toils and snares. I have already come, but it was grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me on. And I'm praying that one day that God will start a Holy Ghost fire up in here and that we won't be able to do anything but praise God, to give him all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. It's time for us to understand that God is trying to tell us something. God is trying to wake us up. I'm not negative, I'm just being honest. And if you don't know how to pray, you better learn because your day is coming. If you don't know how to read the word, you better start because your day is coming when the only thing that will deliver you is the word of God. So I give God all praise, all honor, and all glory because he is an awesome God and he's worthy to be praised. I don't, you don't have to say amen for me. I will say amen myself because I know the Lord. I know him personally. I know what God can do. I know God can raise the dead. I was dead one time. I know that God can give speech to the speeches. I know that God is a healer. And I will praise his holy name all the days of my life. And I will never stop telling and testifying about what God has done for me. He's been my mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, friend. Shows me my enemy so that I know where to go and how to stay safe in God's hand. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord. Had it not been for this assignment, I would not know what I know about God. But because of the Lord, here I am. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that when I look around at all of the things that are going on in this world, when I look around and I see the apathy 
and the lack of in, in, in excitement in your people. And when I see us and we begin to look like the world, Lord, my heart cries out that we got to preach the word to remind people that we have an option. We have an option to choose who we will serve. And I just thank you, God, right now for you being authentic. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Holy Ghost power. I thank you for healing power. I thank you for preaching power. And I thank you, God, for every challenge that you have moved Pleasant Grove Church through, oh God. It's not because we all did the right thing, but you sent the right people at the right time with the right attitude, with the right skills and availability to do your work, oh God. So I know what you can do. And I will always give you honor, praise, and glory. Lord, right now we bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. We bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we declare, dear God, that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. Because your word says that if we don't worship you, the rocks will cry out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. We move forward. I ask, oh God, for a fresh anointing. I ask, oh God, that your word will go forward with conviction. I ask, oh God, that somebody will be agitated just a little bit. I pray, dear God, that somebody will look at their own lives and ask themselves, am I faithful? Am I focused? Am I fearless? I'm asking, oh God, you give us revelation. And Lord, when you do all of these things, we will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory because you are an awesome God, worthy to be praised. And the people of God said amen. 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 <laughs> mm. Our theme this year comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And in complete transparency, I was talking with Reverend Paula one day, and she was asking me, how do you do what you do? And most people want to be in my role until they do it a couple of days or a week, and they say, mm-mm, I, I just can't do that. And that's why it's important, Deacon Tim, for us to understand what God has called us to do. Because if God has called you to do it, God will equip you to do it. And I said to uh, Reverend Paula, I said, I live by three F words. Your brain probably went in one way. <laughs> And I didn't learn how to curse. My roommate from college says she's going to teach me how to curse before I die. We haven't had that opportunity yet. But my three F words, faithful, focused, fearless. And she never let me forget that. And as we were talking about our theme this year, and where we are and where we need to go, she said, you know, that's what we are going to require. We're going to make it through. We must be faithful. We must be focused on the task at hand. And we must be fearless 
in our work for the Lord. Joshua is an excellent illustration to us of the power that we inherit, Pastor Bill, when we willingly accept our spiritual assignments and trust God to always give us the strength we need for success. It makes me sad when I hear people who say they know the Lord say, I would do that, but, you know, I, I, just, I just can't do that. I, I'm nervous about that. I, I'll be back in two years. And what Joshua is teaching us is that if God called you to do it and God gives you an assignment, then you need to be faithful enough to step into whatever God has given you and trust God to do the work. But many of us shortchange ourselves because we're waiting on our human flesh to rise up to the occasion. And if that's what you're waiting on, you'll be sitting all of your life because the enemy will not encourage us to get up and do anything for the Lord. So if you really want to do something for the Lord and you have heard the voice of the Lord, then you have to have enough faith to get up and start walking in the direction God has told you to go. And so Joshua shows us through this example that God used, how God used him. And, if, and what he does is that he gives Joshua the strength and Moses has died. And we'll go back to that in a minute. But we ought to be like God. God has a succession plan. Church folk don't like to talk about succession planning and transition we want to stay in positions till we die and nobody else can get to do it and all this kind of stuff. But and I know that's not Pleasant Grove. That's probably my church in Alabama. Once you become an officer, you just remain in place. That's not the way God operates. Is that God will place you in an assignment for an appointed time. And all of us need to know when your appointed time is over and God is instructing you to do something else. So just because you were in this assignment for five years does not mean that God is saying that you need to be there another five years. And what happens when we spend time with the Lord, we will get instruction from the Lord, and we will know what it is that God wants us to do. So what Joshua shows us is that show up for duty and let the Lord do his thing. Joshua is showing up. Don't, don't, don't try to be like Moses. I, I'm not asking you to go up on the mountaintop with I'm not asking you to work mirror. I'm not asking you to part the Red Sea. I'm not asking you to go over the Jordan by yourself. I'm not asking you to understand my stiff-necked people. Just go where I tell you to go. To be faithful, steadfast, dedicated dependable. You got to be willing to stand on what you believe. And then it's the same root word that gives us the word amen, mean being hearty. It means affirmation. It means approval. If I'm faithful, I'm faithful. There is no middle ground. Either you are, you're in or you're out. How can you be a little married? Either you're married or you're not. Either you're faithful or you're not. And what we want to do is we want to miss a little. We want to play in the middle, you know. Yeah, but when things are good, I feel all right and everything's good. No, you're faithful. You're faithful, right? If you're African-American and your skin is chocolate, you're chocolate, right? 
So what we got to understand is there's no middle ground to play with. Either you study or you don't. Either you pray or you don't. Either you are good. I mean, there's no middle ground. But we don't like to talk about that. And focus is my second F word. When I do this sermon again, I'm going to call it my three F words. That'll probably get me some invitations to go <laughs> preach somewhere. The word focus comes directly from the Latin focus, which meant fireplace or hearth. That is the floor of a fireplace. That is what focus originally meant back in English in 1635. Miss Margaret, most people know that I'm focused and I am an irritant to people because my brain works in a certain way. And I don't pretend that I multitask. I found out that's a lie. None of us multitask. We think we do because our brains don't operate that way. So if you're giving somebody else 100% and you got me on the phone, I'm still zero. So we got to understand that focus is focus. It means that you can see clearly and concentrate your energy on something or you can bring about some action because you know what it is you need to do. You ever see people so focused that they never accomplish anything? But once we focus and zero in, then God gets to use us to his glory. That's what Paul was talking about in Romans 8, 5. He said, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. We're not as smart as we think we are. We are not as, as brilliant as we think. And Paul is trying to get us to see we are what we think. We are what we feed ourselves. We are. If you look at uh, Proverbs 16.3, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You ever wanted something that somebody else has and is not yours? You ever had that thought, if I could do that, I would do this, that, and the other. But we got to get comfortable in our own skin. We got to be comfortable knowing who we are and how God has drafted us and created us. I'm not Pastor Joseph. I don't look like that sitting in the pulpit. Look at this outfit. He sits with a distinguished look and he preaches like the world is coming any minute. And I can't sing like Connie and Benita and Deacon Gino and Sister Shireen, but I can get up and tell you what thus say the Lord. And I'll tell you that because that's what I'm called to do. When I was called and preached, I said, Lord, you got to be kidding. With a voice like this, you want me to stand up before people and say something? The Lord said, I sure do. I said, if you got it, I got it. I'm going. So being fearless means that we do not fear. We stand by the seat of salvation of the Lord. Fearless is meaning that, yes, you might be afraid at times, but you keep moving forward anyway. Anybody ever been in a fearful situation? We're living in one right now with the pandemic. It's a fearful situation, and many people have dropped out of circulation. I'm not saying that we should not be careful. I'm just saying that when we fear everything, I have a relative who fears everything, the rain, the snow, the ice, whatever it is. But we need to understand that God gives us, no, 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 not a spirit of, of fear, but one of control and one of a sound mind and judgment. And God does not want us to walk around afraid of everything. Now, if a snake shows up in my garage, you don't have to worry. I won't be fear. I won't be standing there talking to the snake. I'll be gone. 
We lived in Florida at one time, and we were unpacking the boxes in the garage, and a snake jumped out of the box. And Deacon Jay didn't ever have to worry about me going in the garage anymore. That was the end of that. And so what I'm trying to say is without fear, we can't have courage. We cannot be courageous in any situation unless we have something to protect, something to honor, something to prove, something to commit to. Fear is a call to action. Anybody in the house experiencing fear? Anybody concerned about COVID on your, de- on your, de- your doorsteps? Anybody concerned about your children or your parents? Or anybody concerned about someone that you love? So fear is a normal, normal human response. As we enter a new year, we realize the world we live in is filled with anxiety. The global pandemic is still raging. War in our lives. There is doubt clouding the minds of many concerning vaccines and booster shots. If you can get COVID after you had the vaccines and booster shot, many are concerned that we don't get clear communication. Ms. Hattie, some people saying the CDC said this and the World Health Center said this. What are we going to do? Pray unto the Lord to tell you where you should go and what you should do and how long you should stay. God will give you instruction. Amen. God will tell you who to stay away from. Amen. And I do want to mention that I had a com- uh, conversation with Reverend Paul, and due to the Omicron, we are going to modify our sign-in process because there are times when people come to the church and we don't know that they've been here. So we're going to be asking anyone who enters the church to write it down so that when Malik this is our sanitation engineer up here. Malik comes and he knows what area of the church to clean because you have written down the space that you use. Can I get all of you to please say amen that you will do that? Raise your hand if you're going to happily do that now. Uh-huh. Okay, I got some people in here like the ones who won't take the shot. Uh-uh, I'm not doing that. We have pressing issues with food insecurity, especially for children. There's an absence of affordable housing and All of our communities, if you notice, people continue to move further and further south. And uh, you can even go to Fuquay now and spend half a million dollars, $400,000 for a house. Things have changed. Due to the minimum wage, many among us are living below the poverty level. I think the minimum wage is still, what, $7.75? About the cost of a kid's meal at Chick-fil-A. I went to Chick-fil-A the other day, and I said, what's in the kids' meal? I said, is that still the six nuggets? She said, no, it's five nuggets now, but you pay a little bit more for it. I said, thank you, ma'am. Give me one of those. Mental health is a major concern. We're still in the midst of storms, tornadoes, floods, and fires, and we're still trying to get a handle on the weather and what is God doing. We don't know from day to day. 73 to day, 29 in the morning. Of all the things I've mentioned, Of all the things I could say, the one thing, Brother Henry, we have that we can count on is the Word of God. The one thing that we can count on, oh, come on, it's God's Word is what we have to stand on. And when you're in treacherous water, you need God's Word to get you through. 
I don't know about you, but I have my scriptures selected for those times when I need to hear myself talk to God. You know, I discovered that it's great to talk to God and say, you know, in Psalm 23, you said, in Psalm 46, you said that you are my refuge and very present help in time of trouble. God, I need some help. I need you to get over here. It's one thing when you talk to God as if you have a formal relationship, but it's something different when you talk to God as if you know the Lord, as if you have a little relationship that you have shared a few things. Get over the formalities. God, this is me. You said you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. In Joshua chapter 1, verse number 7, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest Observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou may prosper wheresoever thou goest. Hallelujah. I've already explained this moving forward, faithful, focused, and fearless, because the only way that our church is going to sustain itself is that we have to be faithful to God, we have to focus on the mission and vision of God, and we have to be fearless of the enemy that will bring us down. We have to be willing to claim our victory in the name of Jesus, regardless of what we see. The book of Joshua records the testimony of God's faithfulness to his promises. Can I get a witness of anybody in here who has experienced the promises of God? Is there anybody in here who has received what God told you that you would get? Oh, come on. It's only, only a few of you have gotten what God promised you. Is there anybody here who asked God for a blessing? And before you could finish the prayer, you knew that it was coming in the name of Jesus. Oh, we serve a mighty God. And we got to realize that our relationship with God determines our destiny. Our relationship with God determines our mental health. Our relationship with God determines how we live and walk in this life. And what we have to understand is that a relationship with a human being who might be around or might not is not the same of a God that you can serve and that you can communicate with on a 24-hour basis, that you can tell anything at any time, and you will never see it on Facebook. Because that's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that I know that with God, my stuff is secure. With God, I know that the Lord is going to cover me by the blood. But before we go on in Joshua chapter 1, let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 34. And I love what God said to Moses in verse number four. And I wanted you to hear this. The Lord said to him, this is the land that I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over. So, there are times when God will let us see things, but they don't belong to us, and so we will never have them. And sometimes we believe because we see something that we can have that something. But God said to Moses, no, I'm going to show you what it looks like. 
and it belongs to your descendants, but you are not going to take possession. Some of us are still upset with God that we don't have possession of what we think we ought to have. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God said no to some of my requests. I'm glad that I can look around at some stuff that I thought I wanted, and then I realized that it had been tarnished by the enemy. And so what I'm saying is that when God says no, say thank you, Jesus, for saying no to me. Hallelujah. Verse number five says, And Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in Moab. As the Lord has said, he buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Pear. Go down to verse number 10. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power performed in the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. Don't you want a, just a little Moses moment in your life? <laughs> Don't you want just one moment in your life when you know that God has used you to his glory? Don't you want to be able to say one time that I know the Lord gave me this song? I'm standing on the promises of God. Isn't there, David, you just want to rise up and say, I thank you, Lord, for using a, a wounded vessel like me, an inferior person like me, an opinionated person like me, of all the people you could have chosen. You chose me, oh Lord. And so what God is doing is saying to Joshua, you're Joshua, you're not Moses. I'm not asking you to be Moses. I'm asking you to step up so that I can make you the Joshua I want you to be. So Moses might be confirmed in his calling and the people would be confident in his leadership. How can you lead with no confidence? How can you lead and you don't know where you're going? How can you lead and you don't have the foundation of God's word? How can you lead when the vocabulary you need to explain what God is saying you do not possess? How do you lead when you have not been led yourself? So God enables us to overcome all difficulties and brings his people into the land of Canaan. The Lord did not say that it would be easy. The Lord did not say that they wouldn't have enemies. The Lord did not say that people won't talk about you. The Lord did not say that everybody's coming to the church. The Lord did not say that everybody's going to give. The Lord did not say that all the ushers will smile. The Lord did not say that all would do the right thing. The Lord did not say the praise team would show up. The Lord did not say Minister Derek would be here every week. The Lord did not say you're going to live on 1528 David's Drive forever. The Lord said you belong to me. And I can do what I wish because you are an extension of me. So Joshua assumed the leadership of Israel at a crucial time. Not only is he wandering nation mourning Moses, their leader, that they're focusing on the new challenges of life. One thing that caught my attention here is that it's in Exodus chapter 32. God calls the Israelites stiff-necked. Now, I didn't say this. It's in the Bible. You go to your Bible, Exodus chapter 32. But I did take the time, Trista, to see what does it mean to be stiff-necked. I wanted to know if I was around any stiff-necked people. The people of Israel are given blows, such as the ten plagues, in order to reach a realization that individually their egos would not be able to sustain them. 
and they will need to demand a force outside their own ego. You know anybody with big egos? So big, you can't get under it. So high, you can't get over it. Stiff neck, argumentative. You ever know anybody, no matter what you say, they have an opinion. No matter what you say, they will find what's wrong with what you said and point it out to you. Stiff neck literally means hard of neck, as it is figuratively used both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Stiff neck also means stubborn. Know anybody just plain stubborn? That's part of their demeanor. They look at you with a stubborn smile. They walk around being stubborn and stuck up, and they're, you can't tell them anything, and they're unreasonable. See, that's stiff-necked. And the Lord was saying that they're stiff-necked people, but I can straighten the neck out when I get ready. So you go right on over there, Joshua. Tell them what I said, but when it's time for that necks to straighten up, I will do it because Israel came to their knees when they realized that we serve an awesome God. And don't take for granted God's love and because God lets you get away that you think you have been set free. And Moses, I love Moses, complaining. I can't speak, send somebody else. I don't want to go over there. I want to stay over here where it's warm and cozy. The Lord said, no, this is your assignment. I want you to go. See, leaving Egypt was God's idea. And Moses, God's faithful servant, was dead, but the mission was not over. Somebody asked me, I said, Pastor, are you ever going to retire? I said, I don't know. I check in every day. And I ask God, is this my last day? And then when the Lord tells me no, I go on to work. But I check in because I want to be where God wants me to be. I, I don't want to be where God doesn't want me to be. I want to be where God tells me to be and do what God tells me to do. How many of you check in with God every day to see if you're in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time? And you know what? If you're not, the Lord will tell you, and then you can move on and make something of yourself. So am I, I check in for duty. That, Miss Lily, that's just good vibes, common sense. You know, every now and then I ask my husband, I said, you still love me, right? And he, he says, yes. I said, well, good. I'm just getting confirmation. I want to make sure that we're still on the same page. And I want to make sure that I still have the same level of love that I used to have. I want to make sure I didn't lose my place in line. Hallelujah, Jesus. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river. That's what you call focus. Honey, you love me today like you love me. The other day I asked him, we were driving along, and I said, you know, anything could happen at any time. Do you have anything you want to say to me? And he said, well, what are you talking about, class? Is there anything that you have not said to me that you want to say? I just want to make sure that before any one of us leaves here that we know everything that we need to know. And I was very focused while I was listening for his response. Joshua must stand. You guys don't check in with people who say they love you? You don't? Really? Don't assume because they live with you that they love you now. Don't get that's right. You can't be making assumptions like that. You got to check in. Avis, you have to ask Tim every now and then, is it still me, honey? You know, that's right. Like I said to Deacon Jay, I said, Deacon Jay, if I go first, give me six months of grace because I want to give me six months of grace and respect before the pound cake and the casseroles show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There you go. 
It's nothing like the truth, is it? That's right. Give me six months, Lord. That's right. Joshua, somebody know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't be assuming because you got the same address that something's going on. You got to ask him. I ask him again. I'll check in with Deacon Jay again next week about something else. Joshua must stand on the sure word of God. And God assures Joshua that he has given him all the land that he chose to walk on and victory over every enemy. Wisdom in every is very, very, very difficult and personal. But what God does is that God puts things in a perspective that all of us can receive and understand what it is that God wants us to do. And just as God's power and presence was with Moses, it was also with Joshua. And as it was with Joshua, it's with pastor, it's with the praise team, it's with all of us. We're all one. And I say this all the time as a church, we are all equal in Christ. We have different assignments in the church, but I'm no better than you are. I have an assignment here. And what I want to say is that once we start looking at ourselves differently and walk differently, realizing that God has affirmed us, then we'll be able to step up and do what God has called us to do. I, I don't preach like Pastor Joseph. I don't preach like Minister Moran. I don't preach like anybody but myself. I have to just work on myself. But what I'm saying is that when you spend the time with the Lord, the Lord will show you what you need to do and what you need to do to step up your game so that you will be prepared according to God's standards. Some people say to me, it don't take all of that. Yes, it does. It takes all of this for me because unless I sit with the Lord and talk with the Lord and pray with the Lord, I don't know what it is I'm supposed to say. And you can't preach from the flesh. You got to preach from the spirit. And you can't preach from the Spirit if you have not been with the Spirit. So we're trying to do too much on empty. We're just trying to do all these things from a fleshly perspective. And that's not what the Lord is saying. So many people think that power is based on influential contacts, meetings. When I was in the corporate world, it even happens now. Do you know such and such a person? Oh, I had lunch with them. I went to a party. I went through that phase of life. I really did. I dropped names. You know, Dick and Jay and I had dinner one night. Jimmy Connors was at the table and O.J. Simpson. That's probably not the one I wanted to sit by, but <laughs> we were in a place where we saw people all the time who were popular. But my identity is not in who I sit with. My identity is who I talk with, walk with, and who loves me and who I've given my life to. So if I'm going to drop a name, Bridget, I'll drop the name Jesus. And that's what I'm trying to get the church to understand. We're not, don't wait on your fleshly testimony. You need to give your testimony from the spiritual realm and say, I was nothing I showed up one day and I, God told me what to do. I turned my life around. I joined the church and I decided to make a change in the name of Jesus. So the strategy God teaches about prosperity is totally different. God says develop a confident attitude. Be strong. Be brave. Obey God's commands and you will be successful wherever. Wherever. 
wherever you go. So once you give up your ego and your own self-importance and realize that God empowers with his spirit, you can walk among men and women in high places with confidence because the God says, I will be with you everywhere you go. So today, I encourage you, study for yourself. I encourage you, pray for yourself. I encourage you to read the promises of God. I encourage you to have your scriptures. It's something my mama used to say, write them on your hand, baby, if you don't have any paper. That's right, write them somewhere. But we need to know the word of God. In a situation, Minister Miranda and I have spent so much time talking and praying, had it not been for the Lord building her up on the inside, she would not be able to walk through this season. When you look at Deacon Ophelia and you look at her family and you look at what this family has gone through, a weaker vessel could not walk through this because a weaker vessel would fail and die themselves. But because they love the Lord and because they have done what they're supposed to do in their prep time, when the enemy shows up, they have a defense in the Lord. Oh, I wish I had a witness. I wish I had a witness. The word says in Isaiah, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Ever been left? Ever been forsaken? Anybody ever break up with you but you're the last to know? Have you ever found out from somebody else that this person doesn't love me at all? But word says, have I not commanded you? Be strong. And courageous. Stop being a wimp. Grow up. Speak some word. Give it back to them. You know, be naughty with the word of God. And then in Exodus 14, for the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. There's some people you want to take down. Don't get your shirt dirty, Reverend Tony. Don't mess up your nail and your shoe. Just give their names to the Lord. Just go into your prayer closet and say, Lord, you know such and such is driving me crazy. I need you to turn that spirit around in that situation. Because, God, I might go to jail if they keep talking to me like that and looking at me like that. Because the, the word says God already knows your heart and what you're thinking. You might as well say it. Isn't it liberating to say it? The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are all over his works. The Bible says in James 1.17 that every, say that every, every, oh, you don't get it, every good and perfect gift. Ever received a good gift? Raise your hand. Anybody get a good gift for Christmas? Anybody got a per, ever got a perfect gift? Oh, yeah, it came from God. You, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. The heavenly Father who lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And then, I love Proverbs. This is Miss Alice. said that, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I don't try to understand people. I just pray for them in the name of Jesus and ask God to show me how to love them. And do not rely on your own understanding in all the ways. I've also learned the hard way that sometimes what you think you know, you really don't know. And sometimes people who give you information give you bad information. 
And sometimes we tell stories based on what we think and not the real truth. So if you want to know the truth, ask directly. And God is able, this is 2 Corinthians 9, 8, to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And then in Mark, the promise of God is, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And one day I hope the church will get this right. You can pray for anything if you believe that we're praying for anything in accordance with God's word. We're praying for what we want in conjunction to God's will. That makes sense? You, you said, I'm going to pray the word. Jesus said this. You can pray for anything. But Jesus is not going to give you everything based on what you think you ought to have if you're living through the will of God in your life, right? Some of us, if we get what we want, will never show up again. And we have to realize that in our flesh. There are times when people even say to me, the church was abused. I know that. But I do what God tells me to do. And then it's on that person when they get to talk with God about their behavior. So we need to accept these promises and live with them. Then you will be upon me and go away to pray, and I will listen to you. One of the worst feelings in the world is to need somebody to pray for you, and there's nobody around. And Paul wraps it up in Philippians. I love the book of Philippians. He said, rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. I love verse number six that says, do not be anxious about anything. I know people right now, they're already anxious about 2022. They're already upset. They got to get their taxes done. They're already stressed out. This is only, what, the second day of the year? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Can you imagine family prayer? And you sit around the table, reverends, and everybody gets to make their request unto God. You touch and agree in the name of Jesus. And then you have prayer as a family, knowing that God is going to kick out anything that is not of God. So we need to learn how to live according to the word. That's where the power comes from. Be anxious for nothing. But with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart somebody human might say you look like a fool but if God told you to do it do it anyway because God is going to guard your heart and your minds in Christ you need to just go and read this letter that Paul sent to the church at Philippi and then he says, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, I want you to think on these things because your mind will take you places you don't want to go. I said again, your mind will take you places you should not go. But once you Turn your mind over to the Lord. 
and you get in the wrong lane, your brain will tell you to make a U-turn. And that's one of the things that I love about the Lord. You get free coaching 100% of the time. And you get free consultation any time, any night, any day. And if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Find something right to talk about. Find something right to celebrate. And find a reason to be faithful. Get focused. And be fearless in the name of our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.com.